listening to the Uloft podcast presented by United IUP, a community of college students and young adults in Indiana, Pennsylvania, who are dedicated to unite with each other and Christ to change the world around us. We hope that this podcast raises questions and answers others while ultimately starting a conversation to discover unifying biblical truth in this chaotic world. So because we're by ourselves, I have no one to make fun of but you, Michael. Yeah. Just so you know. Well, I can take it. Now our opening is not going to be as strong because Josh is not here to make fun of him. And then Sam's not here with her man voice, so I can't make fun of her. I don't even know if it's possible for me to be roasted. I think that like when you try <laughs> oh to Oh my burn... gosh, dude. Okay, I, you want me to try right now? You want me to go ahead? Uh, we should turn on the video for this, Michael. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, get, I'm getting a little nervous now. <laughs> I grew up in the streets, man. I understand roasting. <laughs> yeah, this is going to turn into like, okay, I won't a, do it. an episode of Your Mama. I won't Mama. do it. Yeah, since, exactly. Since we're doing community... I won't, uh, I, I want to yeah. build community with you and I don't want to roast you, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. So by the way, if you're just tuning in, this is the Uloft podcast. My name is Michael Bond. I am sitting here with Kendall Kersey what and is up? we're going to talk about community. We're going to talk about tradition and we're also going to touch on ways that you might want to rejuvenate yourself going into the new year. So if you're listening to this around the time that it's coming out, it is the end of 2021 and going to be going into the beginning of 2022 and you need to be prepared for it. You need some way to close off, bring some closure to this year. Maybe you had a rough year and you want to start off fresh. So we're going to talk about stuff like that. But before we get into any of that, let's talk about community. Um, you know, particularly now with the advent of things like podcasts and YouTube, internet, all this kind of connectivity, social media. We're going to be getting into the metaverse of probably pretty soon. You might. We're not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going anywhere near that Okay, thing. so here's the thing about that. <laughs> I'm not going in the Matrix. You're crazy. What, what if everybody else goes into the Matrix, though? Well, then I'll be Neo, I guess. I mean... I'm just I, saying, okay. when, you, when you see something like that come out, I mean, you're, you, you push towards the Neuralink you want to be linked into the cloud. Like me and you could not be on more opposite ends of the spectrum on this. Like, Here, okay. But imagine like if, okay. If everyone used Instagram, like not everybody uses Instagram, but what if everybody used it? And then they start having conversations with each uh -huh. other on that and not in this space, this space of reality, then you'd feel like you're not in the conversation anymore. Okay. Okay. So, well, actually this does open up a good can of worms for us. Uh, you'd feel like you're not in the conversation anymore. So you still have a need for a community, right? Like you would still have that need. However, if you are a, um, in a, want to be gentle on this. If you are uh, someone who is maybe less secure uh, with yourself, um, then I can see how that would be an amazing problem of everybody else is having these conversations. I'm not a part of it. I've got to do whatever it takes to become a part of this conversation. Um, or else you could also be, um, and I'm not perfect at this, but someone like me who uh, doesn't really care what everybody else is doing. And uh, I might sometimes want to enter into the conversation, but I don't have any personal Instagram or uh, I don't use Instagram for personal things. I don't have communication on Facebook. I literally have Facebook so my family, I can see my kids and so that I can see what my family's doing in Texas. Like that's the only thing I, I use it for. And so I would say it depends on your security of the community you already have, the personal community you already have. Um, because for me, I have a pretty decent community face-to-face. -face, and so I don't think I need anything that's online. Now, if everybody was to move online, um, 
I would call you fools and I would say, well, you're doing it wrong. You so. would stand against the wave defiantly. <laughs> absolutely. And yeah. absolutely, man. If you want me to do something, the the worst way for me to do something, for you to get me to do something is to tell me to do it. Yeah. To because like, ain't going to happen. Yeah. You have to join the metaverse. Yeah, like, absolutely no, not. not doing that. No, I will push back so hard against that. Yeah. And, it, and there is the FOMO aspect of it. And I can see how that ties to insecurity or security, the idea of like wanting to be in the social hierarchy. But then there's also just the practicality of it because, you know, I've, I've thought about deleting my Facebook. Um, the issue is there's people that like message me on Facebook for work. Like, Hey, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be 20 minutes late. Yeah. And so because it's such a public square, because so many people are on it, it's difficult to navigate without it. Um, yeah. there's a practical element to that too. Now, is that good? I don't think so. I think that, you know, Facebook went down globally for mm -hmm. like a few hours a couple months ago. Yeah. And it didn't take me very long to feel like, man, I hope it doesn't come back. Like the world is better without yeah. that. Yeah. No, it's so it's funny because so I actually have deleted my Facebook and my Instagram. I used to have personal accounts, all that stuff. I've deleted it for up uh, maybe a whole year. It was awesome. Like, you know, I, the people I wanted to talk to, I talked to those people, the people who I, and this sounds terrible, but the people that were actually in my community that I really did care about, I was able to have closer communication with them and not have to worry about everything else out on the fringe. And, um, you know, in this last two years, I wish I wouldn't have had anything social media wise, because then I wouldn't have to see the bickering and the fighting and I wouldn't have to put have to interject myself in the middle of uh, arguments that really are very trivial, um, but seem like life and death to some, you know? So like, I wouldn't have had to be in that moment. And I don't like, I think that is what is detrimental to community. I actually believe, and this is something that might not uh, be a popular opinion. I think that online community is, um, that the online community is a very cheap representation and honestly makes community worse. Like yeah. it's a cheap representation of what community should be. And I think that it makes true, honest connectivity worse. Um, I know I can tell you right now, my, my brother would absolutely disagree with me because he has friends uh, like in Japan and in San Francisco and they've been able to hang out and meet up uh, because of the communication that they had online. But what I would say to him is that, yeah, but you eventually, you hung out with this person in real life. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so therefore you, there's another level to community that online presence does not allow you to have. Right. Like what's the point in meeting up in person if online community is sufficient? And I think that you're right about, um, online that facsimile of community making authentic community worse because it's almost like um have you have you heard of like rabbit starvation the idea that if you just eat nothing but rabbits you'll actually starve to death mm. and i think i've not heard that because i've never <laughs> looked into that yeah. how many rabbits can i eat no, well yeah it's, we it's weird <laughs> to think about though because you think like okay if i have an unlimited number of rabbits i could just yeah. eat all day yeah but it, it so the, the problem they is... They don't have enough fat on them. Right, there's not enough fat. Yeah. yeah, they're too lean. And then that doesn't even go to mention all the different micronutrients that would be missing and mm -hmm. you probably end up getting scurvy and all this other stuff. <laughs> so it's like, I think social media is like that. Yeah. Like it makes you feel like you're being fed community. Mm -hmm. And to some degree you are, but it's like the potato chips of community. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I can fill you up, but if you do nothing but social media for an extended period of time, 
you're going to start noticing yourself becoming dysfunctional in ways that are similar to how your physical health would deteriorate if you were missing certain necessary micronutrients. But the problem with online community is that you don't realize that the stuff isn't there. Yeah, I would. So what I would say is that online community is to continue your analogy is like fast food, essentially. Like I actually think you can live off of it. It's just a matter of you're not getting the right kind of nutrients. You're not feeding a healthy body at that point in time. Um, what you end up doing is you end up feeding things that uh, give you dopamine hits and make you feel good about yourself or do the exact opposite <laughs> and make you feel terrible about yourself and you are becoming unhealthy in some way and that a well-rounded community um, would involve face-to-face -face meeting, would involve times of um, physical touch, you know, like a hug or, you know, a high five or something, just something like that. Because, I mean, you cannot isolate yourself from the real world, so to speak, um, because we're not created that way. Mm -hmm. We're created to be in community. And that's why, like, social media is not all bad. It's not all evil. I'm not some old dude here telling you, like, ah, get off your phones. Like, I'm not going to say that. Because I use social media to promote things. I use social media for United. Like, I use social media, again, to see things that are happening in my family in Texas that I can't see in person. Um, but if that's where we stopped, if we just stopped there and we just stopped at the screen, then yeah. we are missing out on really what community truly is. And that's this intimacy uh, with another human being or with multiple human beings. That is, uh, I know you fully, you know me fully. And that's what we were created to be. Yeah. And when I think about churches and how churches uh, leverage online, online community in service of personal, interpersonal community, I think United does a pretty good job of that, honestly, when I, when I reflect on it, mm -hmm. because what the online content of United seems like it's steering people towards the in-person content of United. Like yeah. it's, you know, we stream United, but what we're, we don't prioritize the stream, so to speak. Like yeah. there, there are times where like we'll have gatherings in the room that really don't translate well to the stream. But what they do on the stream is they show people who are watching the stream, like, Hey, I could be there yeah. doing that. Yeah. Like, and that, I think that's the right way of so, thinking about online content. My, uh, my philosophy on online content and or um, really anything that we put out that is uh, promotional or whatever is healthy FOMO. Like yeah. I want people to have a healthy, um, a healthy bit of FOMO of like, man, I'm missing out. I could be in that room right now. How awesome would it be to actually be there? Um, and that's what we're trying to, to do, whether we put something on Instagram or Facebook uh, very rarely or uh, actually on YouTube. It's I want to be there with those people experiencing that. Yeah. You know? So do you think that like uh, churches or I don't know, it doesn't have to be churches. It could be any, any kind of uh, what used to be a interpersonal communal gathering. Um, if the feel in the room is being accurately translated online. Is that a problem with the stream or is that a problem with the feel in the room? Cause I think about that sometimes too. It's like, okay, well, if I'm able to take what's happening in the room and I'm able to translate it to someone, you know, a hundred miles away online and it's a completely accurate representation of what's happening in the room. Maybe I'm, maybe what I'm doing in the room yeah. isn't right. Maybe it's not enough. There's not so, enough intimacy. Okay. So I'll say it this way. I'll, I'll actually take it to a sports analogy. Um, Going to a football game, like I love watching football, um, going to a football game in a stadium is a thousand times different than watching it on, on TV. 
But the reason why it's different is because the stadium has a certain energy about it. Mm -hmm. I actually watch watch less of the game when I'm at the game. Yeah. So I personally, I don't love going to see a game if I care about it. Like I don't want to actually yeah, go yeah. to the game if I care about that game. But if it's like a, um, I lived in Fort Worth, Texas, which is where TCU is, and they have a bowl game every year um, for college football. And I go watch that game all the time because it's usually teams I do not care about, but I love the atmosphere. Yeah. Like I love walking through the tailgate section i love hanging out with people down there i love the energy i could care less who's playing um who wins it doesn't matter but the feel of the people is amazing now if i was to watch that same game that i didn't care about on tv i'd be on my phone half the time you know i might be watching something else it might be on in the background because the energy doesn't translate right um and even a game that i care about i love the dallas cowboys sorry steelers fans uh <laughs> i love the cowboys steelers are terrible Cowboys going with the Super Bowl. So um, the Cowboys, when I watch them on TV, um, it's a totally different experience than when I go and watch them in person. When I watch them in person, again, I watch less of the game, but I have a more fun time because of the people I'm with, because of the community that I'm surrounded by, because of the energy that's in the arena. Um, if I'm sitting on the couch, I am by myself watching the game, being analytical about it, and it's not as fun. Yeah. Right. Like I'm missing something out on that. And so, you know, we could take that to again, like any kind of communal gathering. But to me, even in sports, it's like, yeah, watching it on TV is awesome because you see way more angles if you really are watching the game. Right. But if it's about the community, yeah. there's nothing that uh, that beats going to the games. And that's why uh, teams can still charge outrageous amounts of money to go to a game even for nosebleeds is yeah. because they know that even though the game experience watching it is better on TV, the in-person experience is better for the energy and the camaraderie. And that's why that, that's why it works for them. That's really interesting because what that tells us is, and man, now that I think about it, that is the case. Like, you know, I've been to a few football games and it's like the first thing I noticed when I went to my first football game was, wow, the field looks small compared to what yeah. it, I thought it felt like, you know, <laughs> and the thing is, is okay. Maybe your content then doesn't drive community. Like when you're thinking about a church gathering, it's like, okay, I'm going to make my content as good as it possibly can be because if my content is excellent, then community will surface around that. But the yeah. football analogy seems to lay waste to that yeah. example, because like with, with football, the content, if you want content, you stay home and watch it because you're going to get better content yeah. that way. You're going yeah. to be able to watch the game more closely. It's just going to be a better experience content wise, but the, the community anyway, even if the content isn't as good, let's say uh, in person, the community can be amazing. Yeah. And so it, now I'm not advocating that churches not care about their content or that kind of put it, put it to the wayside, but they need to at least pay attention to the community aspect of it as if it is a separate entity. Yeah, for sure. So you have uh <laughs> to talk sports even more, you have a, uh, a tailgating experience like something called the Bills Mafia, which if you've never heard of the Bills Mafia, uh, if you go to a Buffalo Bills game, uh, it is insane. I've only ever seen videos, but these dudes are jumping off of RVs onto uh, fire lit tables and, I mean, smashing as many cans of Natty lights as they possibly can. I don't know what they drink up there. Anyways, uh, Labatt Blue, that's where it's from in Buffalo, <laughs> right? So, like, they're crushing. Like, I mean, they are wild. The Bills have been terrible <clears throat> for most of my life. Like, they made the Super Bowl four times in a row, and then since then have been garbage until the last couple of years. But you know what didn't go away? The Bills Mafia. Yeah. You know huh. what didn't go away after COVID? 
and they shut everything down, the Bills Mafia. Like, they're still out there being absolutely wild, not really caring about the game, but the reason they're there is because of the community that they have with the other Bills Mafia. Like, wow. I mean, they hate on other, you know, other people who come in, uh, who are supporting other teams. Like it is, it is hilarious to watch videos from there. Um, you probably shouldn't search it on YouTube. There's some <laughs> unwholesome ones on there, but either way, that experience is based on community. It's not based off of how good the bills are. It's not even based on how wonderful it is to be outside in Buffalo in January. Cause that's terrible. Like <laughs> how yeah, cold it yeah. is, but they still do it because of the community. That's uh man, that's really cool to think about because it makes you realize that perhaps the quality of your stream or the quality of your content that you put out uh, is it's really kind of not tied to the health of the community. I mean, you think about the NFL, tens of millions of dollars into their production. I mean, $10,000 cameras probably mm -hmm. at least and mm -hmm. things like that and all this going into it. And, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. So let's, so I think, well, let me, and I want to say something about this, about your content being, so your content really, um, we ended up getting into church culture here, but, uh, your content essentially is an eye catcher. Like it's, it's the hook essentially. Like it's what is creating the slight bit of healthy FOMO that is like, huh, what's over there? I want to discover this. I want to look more into this, but you cannot sustain community um, you cannot sustain growth of any sort, of any organization, anything like that, if your community is not strong. Because you can hook people uh, with the content quickly, but really all that is is fast food. That's still like, you know, just something that's going to help you survive for a moment, but it's not going to sustain you over the long term. Yeah. And so real community has to be built on something more than just a little bit of content or a little bit of flash or whatever. Yeah. I, that was one of the major complaints whenever um, Spotify bought Joe Rogan and he moved his podcast over to that exclusively is like no comment section. It's like, yeah. well, where's the community going to interact? Like they got to go to Reddit or somewhere else because yeah. like they can't do it directly under the video anymore. And so, yeah, that's a man, that's a, that's a important point. Um, okay. So let's talk about tradition and, uh, this idea of tradition versus like new ways of thinking, creativity. I kind of think of tradition and creativity as maybe not opposites, but there's at least a tension between them because creativity implies bringing something into the picture that is either new or is rediscovered or, you know, something like that. Uh, creative people tend to, uh, be information gatherers like they, they, they bring in new information rather than kind of mastering the information that's already there so to speak so uh what do you think about the value of creativity over against the value of tradition should we be careful when it comes to dismantling traditions i tend to think and one of the analogies that we had talked about when it comes to this is so you have people who are of a conservative temperament and people of who who are of like a liberal temperament and you have say you have a conservative and a liberal they walk up into the woods and they find this fence there and they think okay well the conservative is going to say, well, why is this fence here? I need to figure out why this fence is here. Whereas someone who's more of a liberal temperament might say, man, this fence is in my way and I have a goal. I'm going to tear down this fence so I can get to my goal. Mm -hmm. um, and I think of tradition in a similar way. Like the, the push against tradition seems to me always associated with some kind of goal that we're trying to reach. It's like, well, we, we want people to enjoy worship more. So we're going to go to contemporary worship and we're going to get rid of all this, the hymns and the traditional sort of stuff because we want people to enjoy it more. And that's the road we're going to walk to get there. Um, 
well, what is the cost of getting rid of hymns? Well, I, don't, I mean, you know, there's going to be some cost, but we're not going to pay attention to that. And so there's two different groups of people, as far as I can tell, some that kind of pay attention to why the tradition's there versus some who are like, look, we, this is getting kind of stale and old. Let's get on with the new mm -hmm. thing. So let's look at it from a broader perspective then um, and even connect it with the community talk about like, we just kind of talked about in-person community versus online community. And the tradition would be, the tradition has, has been really into the last 15 years um, that everything done is done in person. You're always in person. You're not online. You're not trying to build online community. I mean, you're probably old enough. I know I'm old enough. Maybe some of our listeners are not old enough to remember when the internet really exploded and like when you could actually comment on YouTube and when the first Facebook came out and what your MySpace looked like when you're in college. Like, I mean, that was me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're a little young for that. But uh, for me, like I remember all those things. I remember when they came around. And so I remember the shift that uh, that took place and that has been taking place from in-person community, um, regardless of, of organization, to online uh, community and online friending and all that stuff. So I remember that shift. And so you, you're even there, you're looking at tradition versus something that's new and that is creative. And, um, and I think the, the, the number one thing to always look at is to actually be somewhere in the middle of what you just said, the conservative and the liberal that the conservative would ask, why is this, uh, why is this fence here? The liberal would say, um, well, this fence is in my way. I need to get it out of the way. I think that you actually have to answer both of those questions or you have to have both of those mindsets that you have to be in the middle of that because when you come upon a tradition, you need to ask why, um, why is it there? So for instance, if we're talking about, I mean, I know we're not in this, in this sense, but we just talked about community and I said that online community is not uh, is not as authentic as personal community, that there's another step. And it's because, again, we were created. So there's a, there's a reason why the tradition is to meet face-to-face -face for mm -hmm. things. There's a reason why traditionally we gather together as a church in person. There's, there's a reason why that is a tradition. And it is because we were created to meet face-to-face. -face. We were created to be able to touch each other. We were created to, um, to, to pick up on social cues, to pick up on visual cues, to pick up on body language. We were created for that reason. So we shouldn't just throw out the tradition, uh, just because we've, we've had this creative thing the metaverse, if you will. Like, <laughs> I don't want to throw out tradition just because, oh, well, we have this other thing that's really creative and it's really cool. Well, I don't want to do that. But I'd also say that there's instances where um, traditions are in the way and they are in the way of creativity. And so if you can, if you can answer the question of why and stick true to the answer of why and then also move the fence, I think that is, that is ideal, right? Like, mm -hmm. so, um, you know, from a uh, well, from let's even look at it from a college education um, perspective, right? For me, I finished my online, I finished my degree online. Like I started and again, dating myself here, but it was like brand new, like distance learning was brand new. You didn't just get to sign up for it and anybody could do it. Like, I mean, it was, it was awesome. But, uh, um, in the, cause in the early stages, they couldn't really check if you were in on class or not. They just like, did you do your assignment? Like, yeah, I did it yeah. at the end of the semester. Anyways. Uh, so, um, when you look at that, you say traditionally education has to be in class. Education has to be in front of a professor. Education has to be whatever. Um, but the internet changed the game on that. Um, and, uh, really changed the game 
even to move away from the university model and go to the YouTube model or the Google model. But because you can pretty much learn, I think Elon Musk even said that you can learn anything on YouTube. And if you live in this day and age that you should be doing that and not mm-hmm. pouring your money into a university. Anyways, I'm not going to comment on that because uh, we have too many people who are going to school. Um, <laughs> but the tradition was meet in class, be educated face to face. You've got to have all that, right? Um, but if you're looking at it simply from an educational standpoint, you could argue that the why is still being met with the online educational platform because the why of the education is simply for the knowledge and for the retention of knowledge and for the use of that knowledge. Now, if you're looking at the entire college experience, Mm -hmm. that's a terrible way to go. If you want an entire college experience, you can't go online for an entire college experience. So for me, even though I was able to finish my degree and finish it much easier, um, I was so disconnected from my university that when I went back to graduate, I hardly knew anybody there. Like it felt so weird to go graduate in person I didn't even want to do it. I did it for my mom, but like, I didn't want to do it because I'm like, I know no one there. Right. I haven't seen that place in a year. Um, and it's just dumb. And also I was playing football and, and, uh, playing football for that university and commuting back and forth. So I would go play, I would go do practices, but I would take all my classes online. And that even made a strain between me and the football team It's because I never saw the team outside of practice. Yeah. And so as a senior and as a captain on there, it kind of sucked to be able to, to have that personal community uh, with those guys outside of only practice or, or, um, or a game. So again, you have to look at the broader picture, right? You know, online education is great if it's only for education. If the why is I want to be educated and I want to get a degree and that's it, then awesome. You have a new creative way to do it. If it's, I want to uh, connect with people. I want to have the full college experience. I want to uh, make connections and so that I can have a job later on so that I can meet other people so that I have business connections or whatever that might be. That's a lot harder to do online. Right. And that's a super important point too, because I think we saw some of that with the pandemic, right? Because we had people being told you're you're not coming to campus. You can't come and you still have to pay tuition. Mm And we're not going to discount it. And it's like, <laughs> whoa, uh, wait a minute here. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> but, but the thing, yeah. So if it were purely about education, maybe you're not losing something there. I sometimes think, you know, because of Google and YouTube, are we missing something because people no longer go to other people to learn how to do something? So like just in a day-to-day experience, mm-hmm. like if you say, oh, I know someone who knows how to do this, I'm going to go ask that person. Mm-hmm. But instead, you ne- you almost never need to do that anymore. Like now you can just Google it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you get your answer and you learn how to do it. But are we becoming cyborgs who just know how to do everything? Well, you're on the one own. who wants the Neuralink in your <laughs> brain there, buddy. <laughs> well, I think... There, there has to be a way to look at these things that enhances that that enhances your life without causing these these deleterious effects. Like, for instance, uh, only doing college online. The networking, man, that's mm-hmm. a crucial point mm-hmm. to make because so much of your success after you graduate, I don't. You could argue that it's more related to networking. Yeah, Especially it's not if what you know, it's who you know. Right. A if, thousand percent. If, you're sit, if your resume is sitting on a desk with a stack of mm-hmm. 500 other master's degrees, it's like, if you yeah. don't know anybody, if you didn't yeah. build a network while you were in school, 
your chances of getting that job are much, much less than any the pastoral, who did. any pastoral or uh, coaching opportunity I've ever had has been because I knew someone else that was already there. That is something to really think about, yeah. man. Like you can, if you want to do well and you don't have a broad network, you need to start saying yes to everything. Yeah. So that's a traditional thing that needs to stay in place, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's not a creative thing that needs to, you know, cause here's the, here's the thing to go with community and, and online stuff too, is like that, you know, DMing someone is totally different than meeting them face to face, you know, than them getting to actually know you and you actually getting to know them on a personal level. And so when we talk about tradition and community and the intertwining of that there, you again, have to answer the question of why is this fence here? And is it possible to move it and keep the why, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. that, that has to be the question. Is it possible to move it and still have the foundational element. So when you talk about uh, churches or anything, the stuff that we do at United, um, you know, we are not going to be married to tradition. I mean, if you've, if you've been to United, if you've been, if you're one of the OGs and you were there last year um, when we first started in 2020, oddly enough, uh, if you were there, I would say that I don't know that there's been more than two services, two Unites that looked the same. Mm-hmm. like hardly at all. I mean, there, we did for a whole semester, we went online mm-hmm. or for half a semester, we went online and did recordings for another half a semester. We did uh, discussion videos and um, you know, did different stuff with that. And then now this semester we've changed locations in the middle of the semester. And uh, each one of our unites have looked completely different every single night. And it's because we're not going to be married to tradition, but what we are going to be married to is the why behind what we do. Right. Yeah, you know, are we uniting people with Christ? Are we uniting people with community? Are we uniting people with, uh, with young adults with, um, with local churches? Like, are we doing that or not? Because if, at the end of the day, if we're if we uh, are doing something for creative sake and it affects the why in a negative way, then that shouldn't be done. Yeah. If it affect if it if it has either uh you know if it's it's a zero effect or if it is a positive effect, well then we could do it. Zero I would rather not have to do something that has zero effect, but we could. Mm-hmm. Um but we always want to look at the why and, and if if we can move things to be more creative but still keep the why, then who cares about moving it or not? Yeah, I, I do think it's good to exercise the ability to change the way you would exercise like a muscle because then whenever it comes time where you need to change, there's going to be less people who are super hesitant mm-hmm. and super scared to do it. But at the same time, keeping in mind the why behind why you're doing it yeah. is like is, is super important too. So yeah, that you like are walking you, that middle ground. Yeah, man, if you are so stuck to, um, and I might be completely wrong because I'm not a botanist, but pine trees, or not pine trees, uh, palm trees, there we go. <laughs> palm <laughs> trees, right? Uh, there's a reason why they're in tropical areas. There are many reasons why they're in tropical areas, but also there's a reason why they survive in tropical areas that have hurricanes all the time is because those things are malleable. They can move, they mm-hmm. can flex, they can bend with the wind and so that they don't break. Now you put an oak tree in there, uh, mm-hmm. it's going to break. Like yeah. <laughs> it's going to be torn up and be all jacked up because it's too rigid. And if you're way too rigid, no matter what organization you're in, no matter what's uh, part of life you're in, um, no matter what year you're in, you are going to have issues if you are too rigid and cannot pivot and cannot flex and cannot move and be creative in, in some ways. Honestly, not to get too deep into this, but I think that's why we've seen such a massive, massive rise of anxiety and depression, especially in the last couple of years, is because people are rigid in the way that they think life should go. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't go that way, their whole their whole narrative falls apart. 
Yeah. And so now they're completely broken. And it's like, well, if you can learn how to pivot and if you can learn not to put all your eggs in one basket, if you can mm. learn to be flexible, if you can learn to move with creativity, um, even negative creativity that the world puts on you, uh, creative ways to, you know, jack up your life or whatever, um, jack up your plans. If you can learn how to move with that, then you're going to be better off than if you are so rigid and you say, no, this is the way it has to be. And this is the way it's going to be. Because when it doesn't inevitably turn out that way, you're going to be broken. Yeah. So speaking of pivoting and flexing and being able to react to new things, we are coming into a new year. And I want to know, we can wrap this up on this on this point. Um, let's talk a, a little bit about how you're preparing for the new year. What are some maybe healthy habits that people can take going from, uh, you know, going into a new year? How can they get rejuvenated? How can they bring closure to if they had a bad year or if they had a good year, how not to rest on their laurels? Like what are some things that you do personally to get yourself ready for the next year? Yeah. So for me, um, for me, I think we've had this conversation before, but it's not a, it's not a yearly thing for me. It makes it easy because the year is coming up and I realize that that's what most people do. And so I'm willing to talk about it in that context. But really, the rejuvenation, the time for reflection, the time for uh, goal setting or the time to uh, to simply, you know, um, well, to rest sometimes um, that to me comes in um, that to me comes in seasons. Right. There are certain seasons for me to take a rest. There are certain seasons for me to look back and say, wow, that's awesome. Or that wasn't awesome. I need to fix that. And so I try to take it more in seasons than I do year to year. Um, a lot of times, and this actually comes from working in the fitness industry, is a lot of times you'll have people who put everything off until the new year because they're like, well, you know, it's it's Thanksgiving. And so the new year is in six weeks. So I'm just going to I'm just going to hit my goals or start my goals January 1st. That's why the gyms are packed January 1st or 2nd, mm -hmm. really, because everybody's hung over the 1st. So <laughs> uh, the 2nd, they're packed. And the reason why is because everybody wants to set their goal that day. But uh, again, from working in the fitness industry, um, February 1st, same old people are there. Mm -hmm. You know, the people that were there before the January 2nd. And it's because... Uh, we put so much stock in the, well, it's a new year. And so it's new year, new me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it happen. And then when something goes wrong or when we don't hit our goal that we wanted to hit for one day or when it, you know, when it's a rough month for us, we just throw it, ah, whatever. I guess I'll wait till next year. Yeah. Or like, you know, for some reason we have these benchmarks that we've got to hit that are specific year. And sometimes it could be the new school year. It could be whatever, but I like to take it in seasons. So for instance, um, we finished doing U Nights for the semester. And so regardless of when the uh, when the calendar changes, this is a time for me to stop, to look at United, to look at myself and to say, what did we accomplish this last semester? What's different in me from August until now? Um, you know, what can I do to improve? What should I not be doing anymore? And then also just to simply take a rest, uh, especially on Tuesday nights and be with my family. Um, but that's also, that season is also going to happen in, uh, in, in May. After the first week of May, we take off for the spring or we take off for the summer. Um, we only do something once a month in the summer. And that's a time for me to rest, to relax, to get rejuvenated, to evaluate. And so it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a, a yearly thing. And so I take that professional mindset into my personal mindset as well. Um, and those seasons can be different all the time. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is go ahead 
make a resolution, make a goal, set something that you want to do, but don't make it for a whole year. Yeah. Like let's have the big goal and then let's work backwards and say, what is something that I can do today? Or what is something that I can do in this season, these next couple of months or this next month that I can do that really works towards that rest or that rejuvenation or that evaluation. And then now you've broken up your whole year into seasons and you've broken up your goals even, or your evaluations into seasons. And you take a look back periodically instead of waiting until the next year now, yeah, yeah. Oh, cause it's a new year. That's what everybody does. So I'm going to, so I'm going to look and look back and do. Yeah. yeah, you know, like today is December 21st and I wonder how many people are thinking, well, you know, I probably could go to the gym today. I feel pretty energetic. I feel like I could do it. And then they're like, well, huh, I'm going to wait till January 2nd or I'm yeah. going to wait till the new year because why would I start something at the end of a year? Well, yeah. I wonder if people... So or I'm going to pound my face with lots of food yeah. uh, for Christmas. So what's the point? In preparation <laughs> for my new fitness yeah. journey. Honestly, dude, I've done that. I've been like, you know what? I need to lose 10 pounds, but let me gain five first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, setting yourself up for success. Uh, I wonder if people that do that are the same kind of people who will eat just because it's lunchtime. It's like sometimes you see people like that. It's like, I'm not really hungry, but it's 12 o'clock. I got to go eat something. I got to go eat some lunch. And I'm not saying like that that's a bad thing, but in some sense, it makes you a servant to the clock or a servant to the calendar to the tradition to the tra boom <laughs> oh. so no so like that's honestly what it is though you are a lot of people in our um uh, in our culture are they're slaves to the calendar they're slaves to uh the traditions of the culture and we shouldn't be waiting every 12 months to evaluate or to rejuvenate or to check out, you know, to check on things in our own lives, to check our own hearts, to check our soul, like our well being. If we're doing that, we're doing something wrong the other 11 months of the year, mm -hmm. like, or the other 364 days of the year, we're doing something wrong. Like, there has to be seasons of rejuvenation. There has to be seasons in your life of peace. There has to be seasons in your life of rest, of, of getting away, of, you know, whatever. And again, it's just a season. So that doesn't mean you take a whole year and you go leave, mm -hmm. um, you know, and go off in the mountains, whatever, and never come back for a whole year and, you know, abandon all responsibility. It just means that there's a season sometimes, maybe it's a couple days or whatever, that you need to just take a mental break or a spiritual break, which is better. Um, you know, you need to do those things throughout the year, not just wait till the first because it's the first and this is what we do on the first. And so we were talking about in our staff meeting, like, what do you eat for, uh, for new year's or whatever? And I said, black eyed peas. Cause I know it's a Southern thing. And so me and, uh, one of the other pastors were talking about that. He's from the South as well, but guess what? I don't like doing eating black eyed peas on the first, just because we eat black eyed peas on the first. Cause you know how many days a week or days a year I eat black eyed peas one. <laughs> so this will be the first year I've been away from my family on the first. And guess what? I'm not going to do. Yeah. Wow. I'm not going to eat black eyed peas. Cause it doesn't matter. It doesn't do a thing. And I do not care about that tradition because there is no why behind it that matters. That's good. And so it's the same thing with, with making resolutions or something like that. Like the why can still stay through every Every month, every day, you can still revisit your why. It doesn't have to be on the first of the year. Yeah, that that really puts a bow on all of this quite nicely. So I really hope that you guys have a, a season of rest and peace coming into this uh, Christmas holiday and that you all have a Merry Christmas. Um, tell us what time United comes back. When, when are we going to start meeting again? We are back January 25th, 2022 at 727 p.m. at 
2707 West Pike Road. That's actually at Summit Church. Um, and uh, I have something special. I'll announce it now because um, maybe you listen to it later. March 1st, we're actually going to be on campus at IUP um, for a, a, a one-day thing. And so that's going to be pretty stinking awesome. I'm pumped about that. So January 25th. And then every Tuesday after that and March 1st, we're going to be on on campus. It's going to be sick. That's awesome. A lot of good things to look forward to. So, uh, yeah, get out here and join us. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Um, thank you all for listening to the ULOFT podcast, everybody. We will see you in the next episode. Deuces. Thank you for listening to the ULOFT podcast. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to it. Also, come out and join us for a Unite every Tuesday at 7.27 p.m. This is a time of music, friends, and important teaching. You don't want to miss it. You can learn more about Unites, as well as everything else we do, by visiting unitediup.com. Thank you all for hanging out with us, and we will see you in the next episode.